0: we are all told to save money. It's easy for some, but others tend to struggle with getting a good handle on what is holding them back from becoming a world-class saver. Since there are many demands and desires that we all have in life, many of us can get caught up with the day-to-day putting out fires without understanding the reasons why saving is so difficult. In this episode, we have identified the top five things that are sabotaging your savings so you can once and for all get a handle on your savings habits. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you who live demanding lives who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance, and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast.
1: Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and the veterinary community across the United States, owners of Florida Veterinary
0: Advisors, and the hosts of this most awesome, most cool Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. Our mission is to reduce financial stress from the veterinary community by providing them the next step in their plan. Make sure to check out all of our great resources available through our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, and articles, you can find all of this by visiting our website at flvetadvisors.com. And one thing is I did want to add in here, if you haven't rated us or reviewed us yet, please make sure to do that. Like, If you listen on Spotify, Apple, like just show us some love, give us a review, rate us. Even if you don't listen on one of those platforms, just go to our Facebook page and rate us on there and give us a review as well. We'd love to hear from you. So today, top five enemies of your savings, right? The things that are
1: holding people back from what we've noticed from being able to save money. I'm really excited about this episode because I think a lot of people are gonna be surprised by what we say. Clients won't. I think this is gonna bore you. If you're a client and you're listening
0: to this, you might as well go to the next episode. <laughs> you probably you're gonna you've heard all this stuff before. So or if you love hearing us talk, then you can also listen to this episode because we'd love to have you here. Well, so starting off, like we've got five sabotagers. Jump right in. Like, what's the first sabotager, CJ?
1: I think the biggest one is marketing. Mm. We like we are constantly bombarded with marketing messages. Facebook, LinkedIn, like I don't think anyone can can you scroll uh, in on Facebook for like longer than 30 seconds before you see an ad? It's within like three posts, I think. (laughs) I'm kind of thankful for because sometimes I actually do run across something. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I really want that. Like, but then it's like, wait, wait, I I didn't know that I wanted that until they put (laughs) it on my Facebook feed. And now I'm going, wait a minute, do I need this? We have to be on our guard all the time, because there's no I don't think there's a
0: place that we can go in America where we're not being advertised to. Well, what's interesting about it, too, it's just like before it used to always be just billboards and, and newspapers and everything else. And it's crazy to see like, I swear, my phone is listening to me all the time. I'm sure everyone who is listening to this right now can agree. You talk about something in like a different room and all of a sudden you get on Facebook or Instagram or something else. And then you start scrolling and you're like, I was literally just talking about that. Now I'm being advertised to buy that. Or or when you open up the Amazon app and like, cause you're going into
1: Amazon, the Amazon app to buy something very specific. But then like, there's this offer Mm -hmm. on something that you've actually wanted to buy for like a very long time, but you've been holding off. And now there's like a 40% discount. It's on the front page of the, and you you open (laughs) up the app. This happened to me literally, I think this morning, like I opened up the app and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've, I've been wanting that. Like, how do they? How do they know like, that, I, that I've been wanting that? And now I click on it. The thing that I meant to buy is now no longer the thing that I'm looking at. I'm looking at something that I didn't mean to buy, but they put it on the front page of my Amazon app. So I think marketing, just to be aware, like these marketers, these big companies, they know what we do. They know what we buy. Like, they, mm-hmm. like, we, we can't lie to ourselves anymore and just assume
0: that like, we're, we're in secret. We're buying things and no one's paying attention to what we're buying. Mm-hmm. And and the crazy part about it too, it's not even just the marketing part of it too. It's just like sometimes depending on, because the marketing sort of like compounds it to a certain degree, where it's just like when we are feeling, you know, sad, we're feeling happy, we're feeling kind of lost, whatever the case is. There's, I'm sure people have heard of retail therapy before. I mean, my wife says it works very well all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so retail therapy. <sighs> I mean, she goes to the ball, comes back with a bunch of things. She's super happy. And I'm like, wow, it's if if you're not careful, I mean, that can easily start digging into your pocketbook. I mean, I
1: think I think we're all kind of guilty of to a certain degree of retail therapy. Like we're just kind Mm -hmm. of like not happy. We're not feeling like it's not a good day and we might buy something to maybe cheer us up. And I think it's okay. Provided that it doesn't actually start to become a problem in our finances, right? But, and I think, I think that there's definitely a, a difference between, because uh, one, one of those books, uh, one of the books I recently read, Permission to Feel by Mark Brackett. Okay. If you, if you haven't gotten that book, it's a fantastic book. It talks about feelings. And one thing that I, that I just, as I got more into the book, and it's really written for like people in education to understand how to kind of help children manage their feelings so i've got a 14 year old daughter who obviously you know pray for me she's 14 when kids get into teenage years like kind of managing emotions become a a thing that you've got to train you got to kind of teach Mm -hmm. and you you don't really you can't really teach something you don't first yourself know already know and master And what i found interesting is as i looked into more and more emotions finding that happiness and and contentment right? Understanding the difference between those two, because oftentimes we can't really, like marketing works because it's constantly telling us that we're not content with what we have and we're not therefore happy. And we're not going to be content and happy until we buy that company's product. And so when we can recognize that happiness is a temporary feeling of circumstance, but contentment is a lasting feeling of peace, gratitude and satisfaction. I think when we can really recognize like how we feel, then it might be a little bit easier to manage when we're not happy, when we feel like we want to resort to retail therapy to kind of recognize like, okay, retail therapy may uh, actually not help me. Or if it's going to help me, it's actually going to hurt me in the long run. Um, Because sometimes it's okay, but sometimes it may actually be causing you to take massive steps backward
0: in your finances. So the the first sabotager we talk about is marketing. And the second one that we've identified as financial entertainers. So, you know, what is a financial entertainer? And typically the way we would put this is like anyone that isn't really licensed or hold certain credentials or they're held to a certain standard from what has to be communicated or what can be communicated to the public. So um, the, the, the crazy part about it is, is like the advice that's given to a lot of people, everyone should be doing it at the end of the day. And they're, <clears throat> they're all on the internet. Like they're all, they're all on the internet.
1: They're on YouTube. They might have uh, courses that you can take online. These are people that aren't licensed, but they give blanketed advice for everyone. And I think it's really scary for, for being two guys in the business. There's tons of regulation. There's tons of things that we, that our licensing can can, uh, like really stops us from being able to put out there because like, if, if we say something is good, the, and someone goes and does something with that information, then we're held accountable to it. Whereas financial entertainers online, like they, they're not really held accountable by anybody, right? You, they, mm-hmm. Someone says, hey, you need to invest in this thing and you go invest in it. Well, and then you, if you lose your money, like there's no one to hold accountable. Like you, you, that's just, that's on you. Like you decided to go do that and take the risk all on your own. And not everyone should plan the same way because there are different priorities and concerns that every different person has, right? So like, Oftentimes, people will ask Tom and I, "Hey, should I invest in fill in the blank?" And Tom and I's answer is rarely, rarely a yes or a no. Like I would say, like it happens maybe two percent of the time where it's a yes or a no. The other ninety-eight percent of the time, it's like it depends. Like what what is the goal? What is the purpose? What is the time frame? What are you trying to do with that money eventually? Like, and so an abundance of information creates so much chatter and noise. It's hard mm-hmm. for people to really know what actually applies to them
0: and what doesn't. It actually makes things even more confusing, having to spend more time on it. And I, I will say it's what we find a lot of times with people, they tend to just start shutting down and they just let their decisions happen. They just like let life happen after a while. And that's a really dangerous position to get yourself into when it comes to just being overloaded and and i hope that part of these episodes that we do with our podcast can help simplify these things to a degree where you can understand more of how to pull this into your life better right and and be on your guard be on your guard Mm -hmm. like when you hear
1: something on the internet when you hear some someone else say something is good or bad like be on your guard really kind of get behind ask why 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 until you can really understand what they're actually saying saving money is easy
0: in one of our videos on the Five Foundational Steps to Financial Balance, we talk about how to set up a structure that makes savings happen without thinking about it. The video spends 20 minutes walking through the specifics on how to create the separation from your daily spending habits and your plan to one day not have to work for a paycheck. You can find access to this video by clicking the link in the description of the podcast and scroll down to the video called Come a World Class Saver. So we, we just talked about the two first two sabotagers, and now let's jump into the third one. The third sabotager is no boundaries. Having no boundaries, being disengaged effectively from even paying attention to your finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very easy to just basically say like, you know, right off the bat, like I don't really bother to get involved in finances because it's very confusing to me. Again, like fi- throwing financial entertainers into it, marketing, whatever the case is, just tending to make a lot of decisions. And when there are no boundaries, what's really crazy about this, with some some instances where a lot of people we talk to, is that they will start making decisions and buying things and going throughout their life without really understanding the short and long-term consequences, good or bad to them. And the first thing, like from a standpoint of like a decision, we hear this all the time, people want to purchase a new home, but they don't know what they can't afford. You know, companies are very good and like lenders, you can go out there and they say, yeah, um, you qualify for this amount of house. And by default, people automatically think, well, if I qualify for it, then I should be able to afford it, right? And it's not their
1: fault that people assume that. Like I really think it's because like they just people are too busy living lives that they're not really like who no one actually sits there in vet school or in college or in high school or in middle school and says, Hey, your financial decisions are going to have massive impacts on you. Make sure you understand them. Like like no one does that. Like very few people actually will will well, teachers. Will actually say that to us, and and unless we hear it from our parents or from a mentor or from somebody that really matters to us, a lot of the times, don't people? A lot of people don't put a lot of thought to it, and a lot of people say we want to pay off our debt, but we don't know what is available to put towards the debt. What are the boundaries that allow me to say, okay, at, at X amount of dollars that I'm making per month, like how, how do I put boundaries in my cash flow to know how I'm going to pay off my debt in a realistic time frame or in a strategic way? Or in a way that's not going to put me in a bad position while I'm paying off that debt. Because how many people do we talk to who have like
0: gotten out of debt and then just end up going back into debt? I mean, it's it's a good amount. Well, it's again, especially there's certain there's different ways and different approaches to how to handle debt, and it's incredible just to see the how how challenging debt is for a lot of people out there these days and you know, without these boundaries, it's very easy to keep falling victim to life. Like things keep happening. You can feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck. You can't save. So th- this is a big one. One of the biggest sabotage, I'd say. And then the fourth sabotage was to talk about maybe there's certain lifestyle addictions that, you know, we want to try to keep up with. And I'm sure some of you probably have heard of keeping up with the Joneses. There's actually a, there's a movie about that, which I think is they talk about like everyone in the neighborhood is trying to have like trying to keep like one up each other because of you know they just want to have the same type of persona they want to give the same image and you know you you might see a friend and like something that we've always seen is that people go and buy a new house and all of a sudden it's like well my friend has bought a new house so maybe i should start going to go look at a new house and again going in the back of like can i afford this or you know today I'm a big car guy. I'm guilty as charged here. But depending if you can't afford it or not, you look at a Tesla driving down the road or some electric car that's out there. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, I want to go get that. I want that. I think it'd be great to have sitting. It's a great addition to my driveway that now I can be driving around in this great Tesla. Uh, You know, my, my friends are traveling and they're doing all these different things in the world. And, you know, I think I should do it, too. And it's not to say you shouldn't do them. It's not to say that these are things that you should hold yourself back from doing them. But when you really take a look at like your boundaries and your priorities of things that you're trying to do, if you can really be able to fit them into your reasons for planning and be able to understand how does all of this work with my planning, then maybe those things do make sense. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to do everything at once and you're trying to fit it all through it can cause you to, you know, a lot of times people are, are living beyond their paychecks to where it's like they're constantly buying things or doing stuff. And I've I've found so many times, and I'm sure CJ, you've seen this as well, where, you know, when we're not fully engaged in our spending, and we tend to just do things, make money, spend money, it's very easy for us to lose track and feel like we don't have money to spend. Like we just keep seeing it. And then it's like, well, we have it, let's go do it. And
1: well, I think that's the
0: <clears throat> the biggest flaw is like, I have
1: it like like p- p- people with the highest incomes are like the worst budgeters mm-hmm. because like we, when, the lower your income is, the more of a necessity it is to budget. Mm-hmm. And like, I think a lot of people think that like, OK, well, I'll save more when my income gets higher. And, mm-hmm. and that we, we have not seen that to be the case, generally speaking. And and lifestyle addictions will creep in when you least expect them. And sometimes mm-hmm. lifestyle addictions, like they, they, it sounds bad. Like it sounds really, like no one wants an addiction, but like what we're really talking about with lifestyle addictions is just this, this like accidental result of like, you know, your income go- goes up, you buy a bigger house, you, you you end up buying a Tesla. You used to only buy Hondas and now all of a sudden you're buying a Tesla. Right. And like, and just kind of being aware now it's okay to do that provided that you've already established the boundaries provided that you already know that you've already made sure that the other priorities in your life have been accomplished, that that you're putting money away for the things that are are, necess- are necessary in the future and not just always worried about putting money into your lifestyle today.
0: Yeah. And, and just something to really kind of put a pretty bow on this one is that, you know, it's, it's very easy for us to make decisions and then later try to justify them because we, we all are humans. We all have you know, emotions that get in the way of making certain decisions and we'll make decisions because we're kind of in the moment and we do these things. And then later we try to justify maybe a horrible decision and say, it was something we should have done. And then just trying to say it is okay. And then now where we are, we're like, we're stuck. So it's, it's very important to, you know, with this lifestyle addiction, like a a lot of us have it and sometimes it's very easy to curb if you can just create some awareness around. All right. So number five, our
1: behavior like our childhood, our closest friends, where we spend our time. I think, I think it's really important to understand us as an individual, if we could be students of ourself, oftentimes that gives us enough of an enlightenment about our behavior, our habits, where we're going to be slanted towards, especially when it comes to finances, you can start thinking and considering how are you going to make sure that the things in the past don't continue to happen? What about your past? Like so. Think about how you grew up. Like, did you grow up in a wealthy family and kind of middle middle class? Did did you grow up not having a whole lot of means? Like, how did you grow up, and how did that formulate how you think today? Because here, the funny thing that I find, Tom, is that circumstance doesn't mean anything about how someone's character ends up being. Like, it's like that that meme online where like you have the the homeless guy and you have the executive, and they're like next to each other, and like they're two brothers. The one guy's like homeless and he's an alcoholic and he says, I'm this way because of my dad. And then the guy who's an executive, who's his brother is like, I'm this way because of my dad, because the executive kind of decided from an early age, I'm not going to be that way. Right? Like, so they both had the same circumstance, but how, how they perceived themselves and how they perceive their ability to control what they will end up becoming had a big impact on how their life ended up resulting into. So I think it's important to kind of, from a financial perspective, like how did you grow up? What was your, did your parents talk about money or was it taboo? Like, do you not talk about money at all? Because maybe it's a sensitive subject for your parents. And then therefore, since it's a sensitive subject to your parents, you just kind of assume that it's a sensitive subject to everybody. Tom and I talk about people's personal finances all day, every day. I mean, at this point, I don't think I've (sighs) ever been uncomfortable to ask somebody personal, <laughs> financial questions, because you, it, early on in the business, you had to get over that,
0: it, you know, if, uh, if, if you had any kind of fear of that. We've, we've become kind of numb to it, to a certain degree. Like it just, you know, my wife, it's so interesting when I have conversations with her at times where it's like, she's so afraid to jump into those discussions. And I'm just like, I don't know, I don't think people uh, are as worried about it as they are. And at the end of the day, it's just, we create these boundaries in our mind to sit here and not want to talk about it. And you know what, what's so fascinating and I think this is just with every facet of our life here is that our behavior over time can be changed our the way that we see things and how we respond to life typically it becomes a collection of like the five closest people that we hang out with so like if you're spending time with people who are bad you know they have lifestyle addiction they are really bad with their money they don't save. Uh, you know, they have a certain mindset towards how they handle their their affairs. At the end of the day, there is a really good chance that you could start absorbing some of their behaviors and it can cause you to be the same way. And what's so fascinating about it is we can become so blind to all of this as well because we just get so caught up in what's happening. Uh, so make sure you stay very, very aware and diligent of this to say, like, am, am I getting caught in that?
1: And and I think it's it's important to recognize like if you do, if the five closest people to you are people that have this negative impact on your life, like don't completely eliminate them out of your lives, but maybe start tailoring back the amount of time that you give them, right? Like, you know, there are some people in your life that you really, you know, that you've been friends forever and, you know, maybe they're not healthy for you. And I think creating boundaries in your finances is very similar to creating boundaries with the people that you hang out with and the people that you surround yourself with. And if you're with somebody who likes to talk about people more than about their goals and their dreams and their aspirations, maybe it's time to start weaning away from the toxicity that exists inside of those conversations that, that then bring on a particular mindset to you. It's, it could be dragging you down, especially from a financial perspective. I know that if you're surrounded by people with Teslas, you might be more inclined to buy a Tesla, even though maybe you can afford it, maybe you can't. I don't know, kind of just depends. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's really critical
0: to consider who you're surrounding yourself with and how you're actually going about making decisions. If you identify with any of these sabotagers that we've talked through today, There there are three ways that you can go about changing your behavior. You know, you can, one, go back through if you haven't taken good notes, listen through this again, start spending some time to create more awareness and start working on adjusting these things yourself. Or the other one that you can really concentrate on is you can find someone to help you and maybe keep you accountable. They can give you some guidance. They can give you some direction, at least so then you can still take it and put it in your own world and your own responsibility of doing something with it. Or you can have someone do it for you and with you. Like they can actually be able to walk you through and, and not just say, hey, you need to focus on these things, but really be able to keep on top of it, keep you focused. And I will say that's where we come in a big role with people when we do uh, help from a planning perspective. So, you know, whichever way that you choose that you want to start approaching this, make sure that you figure out the direction that you was most appropriate for you that you're confident with at this moment and just do something like just do a little something more. We love having you as, as listeners of our podcast. And if you are really enjoying the show, uh, help us spread the word. Take this episode, share it with all of your your friends on social media, or if that's too much for you, find one or two of your friends and share this episode with them. Help them be able to enjoy the same content and information that we're providing out there. And if you haven't, show us some love. We'd love to hear a review from you. Read us, write something about our show. We'd love to hear from you. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Mission number 2022-143419 expires September of 2024.